Greetings to all our SIB Life family members in Toronto, in Lumut. How are you guys doing? All right. And also for our uh, Life members in Sabah, Sarawak, in Singapore, thank you for tuning in with us. Welcome home. Hallelujah. So I'm excited because we're in the month of December. And, you know, growing up in a Christian family, right, growing in a, in a, in a Christian family, I realized that the month of December... Um, has been planted in, 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 in me since young that the month of December is a month of celebration, which is true, correct? Christmas is a month of celebration, which is true. But it's very seldom that we've been reminded about the real reason for Christmas. Some people have already been busy buying new clothes and everything, you know, and I've shared this a few years ago when I preached for a Christmas service. I said, me and my wife already start, want to start a tradition in our family that on Christmas, we will not buy anything new for our kids. We don't want them to have that mentality that Christmas, we must get something new. So if you want to buy anything new, buy some other days, but not Christmas, you know. Because we want them to understand, but of course, nothing wrong if you want to buy, I, I know after this, some of you are going to shop, you know, somewhere, but it's okay, go ahead. But... We want them to understand that all this reason for this celebration is not about we can balik kampung, although it's important, we can meet up with grandparents and everything. But I want them to understand that this season, Christmas, is about Jesus. Amen? Okay, so don't miss it. Next week, 12th of December, and I, um, Pastor Lenny, we will be messaging all of you, those of you who are here in service today, yeah, you will be get a message, the link for registration for Sunday service, and also the YouTube link, all right, for you to share, okay? So, here we go. For today's word, um, I want us to open in uh, Exodus chapter 32. Let's open our book in Exodus chapter 32. Right, this is one familiar passage familiar story, even in Sunday school, my kids have been taught about this, and, and uh, thank you, Teacher Juit, and all the Life Kids teacher, <laughs> you know, my, my son asked me, why do they have this golden calf? Wow, I said, like, interesting, they have, they've been asking about golden calf, even before we reached that, that chapter, all right? So, let us read verse 1, I'm going to read, actually, this golden calf, you know, uh, Throughout chapter 32 and then 33, we can read about it, but because of time, I'm going to read from verse 1 to verse 8. When the people saw that Moses delayed in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said to him, Come, make gods for us who will go before us, because this Moses, the man who brought us up from the land of Egypt, we don't know what has happened to him. Aaron replied to them, Take off the gold rings that are on, ear, on the ears of your wives, your sons, and your, and your daughters, and bring them to me. So all the people took off the gold rings that were on their ears and brought them to Aaron. He took the gold from them, fashioned it with an engraving tool, and made it into an image of a calf. Then they said, Israel, these are your gods who brought you up from the land of Egypt. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar in front of it and made an announcement. There will be a festival to the Lord tomorrow. Early the next morning, they arose, offered burnt offerings, and presented fellowship offerings. The people sat down to uh, eat and drink and got up to party. And verse 7, the Lord spoke to Moses, go down at once. For your people you brought up from the land of Egypt have acted corruptly. They have quickly turned from the way I commanded them. They have made for themselves an image of a calf. They have bowed down to it, sacrificed to it, and said, Israel, these are your gods who brought you up from the land of Egypt. Now let us bow our head and pray. Father Lord, we know that it's a privilege for us to really listen to your word, to study your word of Father God. And this morning... We commit this time into your hands. Help us to understand your truth through your Holy Spirit. We pray, minister to each and every one of us. This passage might be familiar to most of us here, Lord Father, but we know, Lord, there is something new that you're going to reveal to each and every one of us this morning. Thank you, Father, Lord. We commit this time into your hands. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, 
This is one of the famous common passage in the Old Testament. In fact, I remember back in the 80s, yeah, you know, you can guess my age now. Back in the 80s, I, I watched these Ten Commandments movies, you know. Uh, how many of you, from just want to see, have you watched these famous Ten Commandments movies, very old school movie, you know? You raise your hands. Okay, okay. No worries. Okay, some of you didn't, didn't get. Okay, okay. Never mind. All right. <laughs> that shows your age, anyway. <clears throat> but you can watch it on YouTube. All right. So this very famous uh, movie. But here's the thing: for for us who are born in a Christian family, who have been Christian for many years, when we mention about the word idol, berhala, we know. Oh, no, 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 no. Right. We, we and then and then the first thing that came to our mind when we mentioned about the, when we heard about the word idol is this passage correct or not at least like at least Exodus 32 or at least the golden calf remember yeah we know oh idol berhala too in the old testament but you know what is idol okay for the benefit of everyone of course at home for those of you who are who are not sure what is idol actually so I, an idol is an object of extreme devotion. This is in the dictionary. An extreme devotion, a representation of or, or symbol of uh, a god. And then an idol is a form of appearance visible but without substance. Visible but without substance. Now, an idol can be made out of anything. Wood, you know, metal, plastic, anything. Yeah, we can see idol everywhere. A tree. You know, uh, when I first arrived in KL in '99, I got surprised. Got this one tree near this one uh, Mamak restaurant. You know, they wrapped it with red cloth and then got paint. I was like, "What tree is this?" You know, and when I turn, they got some incense and everything. I'm like, "Oh, a tree." This is my first time exposed to like you know different that kind of uh, idol worship. Yeah, so. As long as that person believes that the object has power over whatever is happening in their life, that object, that particular object, is an idol to that person. But today, I'm not just going to uh, share about idol. I'm going to share about a Christian's idol, berhala orang Christian. What's the difference between the Christian's idol and idol, Pastor? Glad that you asked. So that's my sermon title for today, A Christian's Idol. First of all, this story talks about God's people. Orang pilihan, umat pilihan Tuhan. They are not a stranger. They are not someone who like, you know, yeah, yeah. They, they are people who, who have been chosen by God. They are God's people. And we as a believer, Christian, orang percaya, we are God's people. You guys following me? So we are believers. So there is such thing as, actually, when, when, when I come up with a thinking of a sermon title, I was thinking, like, Christian's idol. Uh. Actually, it doesn't make sense. Uh. How can you be a Christian and you have an idol? You know? Christian means what? Follower of Jesus, right? But in reality, that is what's happening in our society today, in our Christian community today. We have a Christian's idol. In Exodus, Exodus chapter 20, verse 1 to 17, God has given to Moses and the Israelites the Ten Commandments. Now, this was not uh, written on the tablet yet, but just uh, as, uh, verbally, all right? So God has given to Moses and the Israelites the Ten Commandments, and this was before Moses went up to Mount Sinai for 40 days. The Israelites have heard about the Ten Commandments, and the first two commandments is what? Do not have other gods besides me. If you still remember, I preached on this a few, uh, few months ago. And do not make an idol of yourself, whether in the shape of anything in the heavens above or on the earth below or in the waters under the earth. Do not bow in worship to them and do not serve them. And you know what? God, once again, emphasis once again in the second commandment in verse 22. Okay, He said this, then the Lord told Moses, this is what you are to say to the Israelites. You have seen that I have spoken to you from heaven. Do not make gods of silver to rival me. Do not make gods of gold for yourself. So church, pay attention. So God has reminded them about this commandment. Don't make idols. Don't, don't, uh, don't build any gods besides me. They have heard it. And then you know what? 
in response, in response, you know, Exodus chapter 24, verse 3 to 7, they respond. Moses came and told the people all the commandments of the Lord and all the ordinances. Then all the people responded with a single voice. We will do everything that the Lord has commanded. They say, yes, 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 you know. After all the miracles, all the wonders that they have uh, experienced and, and, and watched, and then when God says, this is my commandment, they said what? In response, yes, we will obey. And in fact, in verse 7, he then took the covenant scroll and read it aloud to the people. They responded what? We will do and obey all that the Lord has commanded. Now, if I am a God, if I am a God, I will be like, oh, very good, very good. Twice. I like that kind of commitment. Twice. Very good. You know? So you can see in chapter 20 and 24, not only the Israelites have heard God's commandment, they even made a promise to obey all His commandments. Well, all this changed 40 days later. Selepas 40 hari. Very interesting. 40 days later. It changed when they met and worshipped a golden calf. 40 days. It's like someone, you know, for those of you who are single, you know, like, I love you, I love you, I'm willing to, you know, I'm, I'm willing to spend my whole life with you. And after 40 days later, huh, they, you know, have another relationship with another person. This is exactly what happened. So, they believe that God exists. But at the same time, they worship other gods. So Christians' idols, what is Christian idols? Christians, so Christians' idols is any person, object, or activity, you know, that uh, you as a believer give higher priority in your life other than your relationship with God. You give higher priority. Any activities, including ministry, anything. That is one type of Christian's idol. And then anything including good things that I'm going to explain. Anything including good things that replaces the one true God in our life. That is a Christian's idol. Anything we think we must have to be happy, to, be, to feel fulfilled. We run for comfort, say, I must have this for comfort. You know, or, or when we seek out for affirmation other than God. That is Christian's idol. Are you guys following me so far? Right? Let, let us think and do some quick reflection. Are there any things in our lives that has taken God's place in our life? Now, it's not, it's, it is not necessarily a bad thing. You know, like I mentioned just now, it can be uh, something good. Yeah? It can be something like something that you have been praying for many years and, and finally you receive it from God. That can be your idol. It can be your job. It can be your spouse. It can be that child that you've been praying for years and years and years and years and when God gave your child to you, your life revolves around that child. That child is your idol. If your life revolves around these things that I mentioned just now, other than God, if you make those things as your life priority instead of God, then let me tell you, those things has become your idol. You know, just now I mentioned that a Christian's idol can also be something that uh, we, we think that can, can give us comfort, something that we must have to be happy. I must have this, then I'll be happy. I must have this job, then I feel I'm successful. I have a purpose, right? You know, there's one example that I can think of which is close to me, you know, which is ministry. A ministry can be an idol too. Yeah? Our service to the Lord can be an idol. 
if we allow our work for the Lord to become more important than our fellowship with the Lord, we are guilty of ministry idolatry. Whew, have you heard about that? Ministry idolatry. Again, a non-believer will not understand this, but for a believer, Christians, if we are not careful, we can fall into this trap. And this hit me hard this week as I prepare for today's sermons. Like, poof, it hit me hard. And I was reminded of my past experience and the current season I'm going through, you know. When I feel that the ministry doesn't bring me joy anymore, and I start grumbling and start blaming others, it shows that I am worshipping the ministry. Now, think about this. When you feel that the ministry didn't give you the joy that you used to have, and because of that, you start to think of quitting, running away from church, it is obvious that all this while, that ministry is your object of worship. That ministry is your idol. Are you guys following me? Some of you at home probably like, was like, hmm, is it true, Pastor? No, I'm talking from experience. I'm talking from experience. I grew up in, again, I grew up in a Christian family. I know uh, how to become a professional Christian. When you think that the family, the, the, the ministry didn't give you that joy anymore, it shows that God is not your true source of joy. People's recognition, people's compliment, when things going according to your plan, wow, then I feel joy in my serving God. That shows that your source of joy is not God, but ministry. Because if God is your source of joy, your source of peace and comfort, even when the ministry doesn't turn up as how it used to be, you still find joy, you still find peace, comfort, security in serving God because you know who you serve, you know your true source of joy. Are you guys following me? You know, last week, Pastor Dan mentioned about us being priests, and then uh, it really touches me when he mentioned that, you know, which is true, as a pastors, there are times, I mean, like, we are human beings, by the way, we are human beings, if you, we bleed, our, our blood is red, color, same like yours, we also have feelings, we also have, like, our needs, you know, for motivation, encouragement, yes, but, you know, there are times when, like, we, we feel that we, we need encouragement, but we didn't get, in fact, complaints and everything, you know, we tend, if, if we are not careful, we will think that, oh, what's the point for me doing all this? Remember Pastor Dan mentioned that because he loved God, he will continue to serve. I remember this so well when I was in my early 20s. I served, the, I served in the worship team. And I can say that I'm a good musician, I'm a good drummer, okay? I'm not even talking but well, yeah, I, I, I'm good, all right? Doing, playing music. So let me tell you, I would be offended if I'm not given uh, a slot in the worship team, especially for big events, for conference, seriously. Yeah, I'm honest, really. I was like, what? Why, why they get this drummer, not me? I'm a professional musician, and I don't like, I'm more talented. What? I got offended. You know why? Because I put my identity, my self-worth based on the things that I do, which is in my ministry, with drums, as music, as a musician. So that ministry has become my idol. Yeah? Martin Lloyd-Jones, uh, he defined a ministry idolatry this way. He said this, to love the work of the Lord more than the Lord of the work is ministry idolatry. Whew. Now, this type of idolatry is, how should I say, sangat lembut, very subtle, and difficult for us to fight. Those who serve the Lord naturally will find joy and satisfaction in their service. The problem comes, the problem comes when we begin to find more joy and satisfaction in the work other than in Christ. 
So these are good things. Ministry, our job, our family, our possession. God has given us uh, all these things to enjoy for His glory, but often we use them to replace God. We value the gift over the giver. In Jeremiah chapter 2, the Lord spoke to the Israelites about this very issue. He describes that the, the idols, they run after, they, he described it as a broken cisterns, wells without water. So this, what, what happened in Jeremiah chapter 2, you know, the Israelites went to these water cisterns and dug and dug, and at the bottom of the well, they found nothing, emptiness. That's idol. Yeah? And Tim Keller, one of my, uh, one of this uh, preacher that I, uh, I listened to, Tim Keller said this, an idol is whatever you look at and say in your heart of hearts. Wow, the kedalaman hati. If I have that, then I feel my life has meaning. Then I'll know I have value. Then I'll feel significant and secure. You just replace the word that, that with what? If I have that phone, if I have that car, if I have that guy as a husband, if I can have that house, if I can go for that holiday, then my life has a meaning. You can replace it. We will know that the idols are at work in our lives. There are five things I want to share. We will know that the idols is at work in our life when we sing, when we see things with our physical eyes and not with Eyes of faith. Kita melihat dengan mata jasmani dan bukannya dengan mata iman kita. In Exodus chapter 32 verse 1, remember, it started with this. When the people saw that Moses delayed in coming down from the mountain. You see? When the people saw. So, they see with their physical eyes when they actually need to see through their faith. It's not that they, seriously, it's not that they suddenly appear at the foothill of Mount Sinai like, boom, you know. Uh, they, we are talking about people of God who have witnessed God's power through the ten plagues. These are the people who have gone through miracles after miracle. In fact, every day they were given uh, food from heaven. When we lost sight of God, we will slowly fall into idolatry. For a non-believer, let me tell you, for a non-believer, people who don't know Christ, it's understandable if they, they are an idol worshiper because they have no knowledge about God, they have no encounter with God. It's, it's, it's understandable. But for God's people, a believer, a Christian, we fall into idolatry when we start to see our future with our physical eyes and not by faith. The Israelites assume that Moses is delaying himself, but in reality, Moses spent 40 days fasting, communicating with God. You know, he didn't delay. We have been uh, going through chapter after chapter, right? God uh, told Moses, this is the instruction, this is how you build the tabernacle, this, 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 everything, right? He's, he's not just chilling and having a retreat. No, he's listening to God. But for the Israelites, because they see with their physical eyes, like, man, Moses, curi makan. You know? Yeah? It's like, you, what? You see? Because they see with their physical eyes. Physical eyes. Moses can bring the Israelites out of Egypt. But he, can get, he can't get Egypt out of Egypt. Israelites, yeah? So, because they see with their physical eyes, nothing's happening, so they return to their old ways. lama. So, this anxiety and impatience lead to Aaron, okay, uh, making, building a golden image of a calf. Just remember this. Our anxiety and impatience Keresahan kita dan ketidaksabaran kita, our anxiety and impatience may lead us into idolatry. Because we're impatient with God. God, why don't you answer me now? Okay, never mind, I think you're busy. Let me do my own way. Too often, this is exactly what we do today. When God 
tells us to wait, we don't trust Him. We go ahead and find ways to accomplish what we want to, uh, to happen. Now, talk about waiting. The Israelites waited for Moses at the foothill for 40 days, 40 hari. Let me talk a bit about the number 40, okay? The number 40 uh, shows up often in the Bible. Some of you can, can recall some of the stories, some of the events in the Bible. And it usually appears in context dealing with judgment and testing. Yeah, penghakiman dan pengujian. That's number, number 40. Yeah. Many scholars, Bible scholars, understand that it to be the number of probation or trial. Now, this doesn't mean that number 40, every time you see number 40, like, oh, it's symbolic. No, no. Sometimes it, it, it will, it literally means 40 lah, nombor 40, okay? But uh, there are few scriptures, part of the scriptures, we can see uh, 40 days, 40 years, had a significant about Testing, you know, but, but God testing your people, judging the people. Some example in the Bible, uh, in Genesis chapter 7, verse 12, you know, the flood, 40 days and 40 nights. Another one, when Moses killed an Egyptian, he fled to Midian where he spent 40 years in the desert, okay? And then Moses was on Mount Sinai for 40 days, 40 days. And the Israelites waiting for Moses for 40 days. And then, what happened in Deut Deuteronomy chapter 9, verse 18? You know, God got angry at the people and Moses interceded for them. After 40 days huh, from the mountain, fasting, and then God, uh, and Moses continued with another 40 days of prayer and fast, interceding for God's people. Wow. And then, Deuteronomy chapter uh, 8, verse 2 to 5, the Israelites wandered in the desert for 40 days. And, Goliath taunted Saul's army for 40 days. And last but not least, Jesus fasted for 40 days. And at the end of the 40 days, the devil come to tempt him. So the number 40 days has a spiritual meaning in the Bible. You know? For most of us, the pandemic is like a 40 days to us. Yeah, well, of course, the pandemic, I wish if the pandemic is 40 days, right? But no, <laughs> close to two years. But you understand my point, right? Is the, the time for us to wait? Like, when, when is it going to be over? How many of you never bothered about the statistic anymore, the cases? Like, uh, you got tired. You remember last year, <laughs> some of you raised your hand? Yeah, you know? Last year, every day, oh, next year, oh, you know, like, like, like the stock market, oh, oh, you know? But now, uh, because you're just tired to wait. When's the next one? When, 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 when is this going to be over? When we can have like single digit case in Malaysia? And then, you know, another transformer uh, came to Malaysia, Omicron. No, no, not a transformer, lah, but no, that, that new variant, Omicron. It's like, ah, oh, what, what, you know? It's like, ah. Uh. But if you really ask yourself, think about this. This pandemic might be the 40 days that God really wants us to go through. We thought that the lockdown lasted for a few weeks. It, end up, it end up, uh, ends up three months, and then after that, six months, and then after that, nine months. Then we saw some of our friends and families start to question God. God, where are you? Oh, yeah. From six months, nine months, we start to doubt, uh, doubt God. Some of us have been wondering if there is hope. Some of us started to find our own solution to our problems. From nine months to one year and up to today, COVID's still around. Yes, COVID's still around. And some of us probably no longer think about God. Some of us start to slowly build our idols, our idols of comfort. That's why some of you at home, I'm not, not, not everyone at home, but some of you at home you are too comfortable with your newly created idol. If we are to be honest, some of us find it hard to let go of these idols that we built throughout the pandemic. Correct or not? 
But I'm so glad that you guys show up in church today. I know some of you like, need to get used to like, waking up in the morning and all those things. You know? God wants us to learn how to follow Him and to put down our worldly desire, to learn to build our trust and our faith in Him. And one way He helps us to do, do this is by making us wait upon Him. Don't be like the Israelites. Church, don't be like the Israelites. They have experienced God's goodness and witnessed miracles after miracles, but yet they put their eyes not on God, but on their own gods, which is the golden calf. The waiting period, 40 days, was a test for them. So how about you? Are you still seeing God with your eyes of faith? Or you are seeing your future with your physical eyes? Secondly, we will know the idols are at work in our lives when we reject the lordship of God over our life. Kita menolak kedaulatan Tuhan dalam hidupan kita. We reject the, worship of, uh, the lordship of God. In Exodus chapter 32, verse 1, see, they said, Come, make gods for us who will go before us. All this while, God is leading them through, you know, the pillars of fire, pillars of cloud. And now they say, no, 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 we don't want God. You, Aaron, make us God, uh, for us a God who can lead us. Who? Reject God. And verse 4, then they said, Israel, these are your gods who brought you up from the land of Egypt. Can you imagine? 40 days. After they made a promise to God, they obeyed God, we will obey all your commandments. 40 days later, no, reject. Making and worshipping idols in our life is another way of Rejecting God's lordship over our life. We are telling God and the people around us that we no longer want to follow God's law. You know? Now, maybe for some of you say, Pastor Nola, Pastor, I mean, I still, I still read the Bible, I still worship, I still serve. Yeah, maybe we don't really totally reject God's law, but we are selective. Yeah? In other words, we will compromise with the world. You say, okay, this one can lah. But this one, no, no, this is the word of God. Like, you know, cannot, you must follow the word of God. But, you know, this one can compromise. Yeah? We come up with our own theology, with our own doctrine, with our own version of God, our own version of Jesus. You know, in chapter 4, what Aaron did, he took the gold from them, fashioned it with an engraving tool, and made it into an image of a calf. Then they said, Israel, these are your gods who brought you up from the land of Egypt. Now, that is the Israelites, huh? not Aaron saying this. That's the Israelites say, whoa, this is your God. But you see, Aaron, when Aaron saw this, like, oh, maybe he, 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 his uh, conscience like, started to, you know, saying that, hey, Aaron, this is wrong. Then, oh, okay, okay, okay. You see what Aaron said? There will be a festival to the Lord tomorrow. Festival to the Lord. If you read your Bible, capital letter L. That means Yahweh, God, you know. Yeah. Tomorrow. Early the next morning, they arose, offered burnt offerings, and presented fellowship of offerings. So you can see, they have made their own version of worship. You have the golden calf, which is an idol, and now Aaron built an altar in front of, uh, of the, uh, the idol and offered burnt offerings and fellowship offerings. Now, burnt offerings and fellowship offerings. For those of you who have been following our sermon series, sounds familiar, right? Sounds familiar. You know, you know in chapter 20, verse 23, you know, God told uh, Moses to not offer, uh, to, to not build gods out of, of silver and, and gold. Yeah? They, and then verse 24, God told Moses, make an earthen altar for me and sacrifice on it your burnt offerings and fellowship offerings. So they got the idea like, oh, burnt offerings and fellowship offerings. What Aaron did was he compromised. He chose to follow only verse 24 and ignore verse 23. Yeah. The idol part, he like, uh, no, 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 no. But the, 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 the worship part, oh yes, we're going to do this. This is a, a typical example of a Christian's idol. 
we follow God, follow Jesus, probably on Sunday. And Monday to Saturday, we are on our own. We do our own things. And Sunday, return to God again. Our idols will make us compromise rejecting God's full authority in our life. You know? So we know that there's an idol working in our life and we no longer love the truth of God's word. We reject God's authority. We know that there's an idol working in our life and we started to compromise with the world. We know that there's an idol working in our life and we reject the lordship of God over our lives. Let me continue, okay? We will know the idols are at work in our life, the third one, when we sacrifice to the idols what should belong to God. Now, verse 2, Aaron replied to them, take off the gold rings and that are on, on the ears of your wife, your sons, and your daughters. So these gold rings actually are meant for another purpose, you know, not for, for the idols. They are giving their goals to the idols when it should actually be given to God, which eventually, that's what they did. In Exodus chapter 35, verse 4 to 6, you know, then Moses said to the entire Israelite community, this is after the golden calf incident, you know, this is what the Lord has commanded. Take up an offering among you for the Lord. Let everyone whose heart is willing, dengan kerealaan hati, compared to Aaron's instruction, come on, come on, come on, come on, every, every, all, all goals, 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 goals. But Moses said, if you are willing, give. Yeah? Whose heart is willing, bring this as the Lord's offering, Gold, silver, and bronze, blue, purple, and all, all those kind of things. And then the purpose is for what? To build the tabernacle as instructed by God. Yeah? Now, firstly, let me tell you. Firstly, the gold and the other valuables, the possessions, is not theirs to begin with. I mean, they were slaves in Egypt, remember? They were slaves. How can a slave have gold, all this possession, right? Yeah? Think about this for a second. You have gold, silver, and all sorts of precious possession, and you are in the desert. What is the purpose of all that in the desert? Gold. If you got water, then it makes sense, right? But this is gold. Now, there are, there's a, uh, there, there are an important lesson we can draw from this. Oftentimes, oftentimes okay, um, we think that our treaties, treaties, what is T? Time, talent, and treasure, okay? The treaties. Oftentimes, we think that our time, talent, and treasure comes from us. We are the one who created it, you know. Well, when in fact, it is a gift from God. Your time that you have now, your talent, your skill, your treasure, your possession, it's from God. Any wealth, power, or strength we have, all originated from God. Now, in James chapter 1, verse 17 says, everything, everything good comes from God, every perfect gift is from Him. So, even our ability to give generously comes from God. Yeah? That's why Moses reminded the Israelites in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 17, said, You may say to yourself, My power and my own ability have gained this wealth for me. Moses reminded the Israelites, Hey, hey, hey. Remember, verse 18. But remember that the Lord your God gives you the power to gain wealth in order to confirm His covenant, His swore to your ancestors as it is today. If you ever forget the Lord your God and follow other gods to serve and them and bow and worship them, I testify against you, against you today that you will certainly perish. This is not only for the Israelite guys, this is for all of us today listening to this sermon. Remember that the Lord your God, here in Ipsut and at home, remember that the Lord your God gives you the power to gain wealth, not for yourself but it is because of His grace to confirm His covenant. You know, this week I'm so encouraged to receive a message from one of our leaders. He said like this, you know, he texted me. He said, Pastor, if you need help with our Christmas service, just let me know. Lah, huh? And then, by the way, he and his wife are really busy, but yet he texted me. I didn't, look, I mean, I didn't think about him because I know he's busy, so, you know, for Christmas service and everything. But... He texted me, Pastor, he volunteered. He knows that his treaty, time, talent, and treasure belongs to God. That's how we should live our life. We sacrifice, we give to God what belongs to him, not the idols. Number four, okay? 
we will know the idols are at work in our life when we sin but feel no guilt. Berdosa tapi tidak rasa apa-apa bersalah. Yeah. Look at the Israelites. You know, in chapter 6, in, 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 in verse 6, they woke up early the next morning, offered burnt offerings. You know, wow, it's like worship, kan? Burnt offerings and presented fellowship offerings. And they sat down to eat, drink, and go up to party. In other words, play, just to like, you know, indulge in all their own um, worldly desire. Last time I mentioned about this young guy whom I know, who grew up in a Christian family, who served in church at a young age. And I, I think I did, I did mention that there's one time he, he posted in his uh, social media, taking Holy Communion, what he did, he clinged the communion cup. You know, he clinged to the friend, like, cheers. And he, he drinks alcohol and he smokes and serves in church. I, I don't know uh, what happened to him now, but when I'm looking at that post, right, I was like, wow. Sin without guilt. That's what happened. That's what the, the idols in our life will do to us. People see that like, hey, why, why is he doing that? Why is he doing that? But for us, nothing. Without any guilt. Then lastly, you know, because of time, that's lastly. We will know the idols are at work in our life when we blame others for our circumstances, oh, we blame others for our circumstances for our idolatry. Kita menyalahkan orang lain dan juga situasi. Yeah. The Israelites blame Moses for neglecting them. Therefore, they ask Aaron to make the golden calf, while Aaron blamed the Israelites. You see, in verse 21, yeah, Moses, Moses asked Aaron, Aaron, what, what you did? Why you do this? And then Aaron replied, Don't be enraged, my lord. Chill, bro. Chill, chill. That's what Aaron told his brother Moses. You yourself know that the people are intent on evil. In, in other translations, stiff neck. You know? They said to me, Make gods for us who will go before us. Now, so, verse 24. So I said to them, It's very silly, you know, how Aaron replied to his brother Moses. Whoever has gold, take it off. And they gave it to me. When I threw it into the fire, out came this calf. I mean, I don't know. When you listen to that kind of answer, it's like, what? You think I'm stupid, uh, you know? Like, through the fire, you're like, golden calf. We read just now that Aaron used tools. To, to do a golden calf, you need to, to plan how big is it and everything, right? And then now, how Aaron replied, you know, you know these people, you know? No, actually, not me. You know, they, they, they forced me. They put me pressure, you know? Huh? And... I, I don't know, I just throw the gold and then like, poof. When the idols are at work in our life, we will blame other people. Because of you, I become like this. You know, because of you, I have no joy in serving. Because of you, you know, I have no joy in our marriage. Because of you, I have no joy you know, in my career, everything. Because we blame other people. Aaron blamed the fire. Hey, I don't know. I don't know. I just throw it in the fire. You know, blame the fire. Wow. Like Adam and Eve blame what? The serpent, right? <laughs> That's why the Bible says, flee from, from idolatry. Run away from any form of idolatry. Stop blaming others. Allow the Holy Spirit today to check in your heart if there is an idol in your heart. I know for some of you, it might, this might be hard and sound harsh. Like I said, it hit me hard this week as I prepare for the, for the Word of God. So what's the antidote for idolatry? The antidote for idolatry is when we walk by the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 to 17, you know, Walk by the Spirit and you will certainly not carry out the desire of the flesh. We walk in the Spirit means we surrender to God's control over our life, we follow His lead, and we allow Jesus to influence every aspect of our life. We love what Jesus loves. We hate what Jesus hates. That's the only way for us to break free from our idolatry. We confess. Yeah, I mean like, 
But pastor, confess not enough. Huh? Yes, we must confess. But a lot of Christians, they confess, sorry God, sorry God. And then we, the next day, we continue doing it. Remember, we need to flee from idolatry. Flee from idolatry, run towards God. And how do you know that you walk in the Spirit? How do you know that Jesus is the Lord over your life? When you bear fruits of the Spirit. When you bear fruits of the Spirit. So, the antidote to idolatry is when we follow Jesus, allowing Him to rule our life. You know, church, I'm going to close with this. The example of uh, Aaron and the golden calf is relevant until today. When we sin, the Lord calls us to repent and receive His forgiveness. When we are restored, God can use our lives for His service. Jesus is the cure for our idolatry. Now let us come before the Lord today, bow our heads right now. Take this moment to do some reflection. Let's do some um, introspection. Are there any idols in our lives that we need to tear down today? Are there any golden calf that still dominate in our lives today? And come to Jesus and repent and surrender to Him. You know, today as we partake our communion just now, reminds me how Jesus took to Himself flesh and blood so that He might bear the penalty for our idolatry in His own body on the cross. He has destroyed the idols of His people once and for all. By His death on the cross, our sin has have been washed away in His blood. So let's come to Jesus. He is more than enough for us. He is more than enough for us. He, meet, he knows our needs. He meets our needs. He is aware, aware of whatever that we need in our life. Security, peace, joy, you know, whatever it is in your career, in your study, in your relationship, in your future. He knows. Come to Jesus. When you have Jesus, you have everything because He is more than enough let us stand on our feet can I invite all of you stand on our feet let us sing this song together just declare that God is more than enough hallelujah Lord Jesus Set us free, Lord, Father God, you, to break every chain in our life, Lord Jesus. So church, if you want to commit your life to God once again, you say that God, 
I want to surrender everything to your hands, Lord Jesus. I want to, 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 to demolish every idol in my life, Lord. If, if that's you right now, just raise your hand right now. I just want to pray for you. Whether you're at home, just raise your hand. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord, Father. Lord, we confess that there are idols that either intentionally or unintentionally we build in our life, oh Lord Jesus. We thought that that idols can coexist with you, oh Father God, but we are wrong. We are totally wrong. You deserve the best place in our life, oh Lord Jesus. So Father God, I pray for each and every one of us, especially those who are raising their hands right now, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name, Lord, break every chain. Set us free, Lord Father, in Jesus' name. Break every idol, idols, Lord Father God. We break every idols, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, right now. In Jesus' name, right now, Lord Father God. We will serve you only, Lord Father God. We will put you as the top priority in our life, Lord Jesus. Our life revolves around you, Lord Father God. And we will allow your spirit to guide us, O Lord. To guide us in every decisions in our life, Lord Father God. In our ministry, in our life, in our, in our relationship, in our career, in our family, Lord Jesus. In our studies, Lord Father God. We want you to be ahead of us, guiding us, O Lord Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Indeed, Lord Father God, you are more than enough. More than enough. Thank you, Jesus. Receive it, church. Receive it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for today's service. We know that you are with us from beginning to the end up to, today, up to now. Lord, we pray that your Holy Spirit will continue to minister to each and every one of us here in Ipswich, also in at home, Lord Father. Minister to us, Lord Father God. We know that you never stop. Touch our hearts, touch our mind, touch our ears, Lord Father God, so that we are sensitive to your word, sensitive to your command, Lord Father. And help us, Lord Father God, to be accountable to one another because we are family. We are the body of Christ. We look, we take care of each other, Lord Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You know, church, I want to uh, bless you with this verse in First Thessalonians verse Chapter 3, verse 12 to 13. May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else, just as ours does for you. May He strengthen your hearts so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when our Lord Jesus comes with all His holy ones. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We receive your blessings. In Jesus' name we pray and all God's people say, Amen. Come on, church. Give God a big round of applause. Come on. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Once again, thank you for joining us this morning. For those of you in Ipswood, don't forget to register for next week's service. All right? It's Christmas service for SIB Life, right? And we're also uh, showing our short film. So uh, tune in with us. Don't miss it. And those of you at home, join us as well Yeah, for next week's service. And don't forget, we still have We Pray on Wednesday. All right? So don't miss it. See you next week. Tuhan memberkati. God bless. Hallelujah.